Good morning. Can you remember a time when you faced a seemingly insurmountable obstacle? A challenge that was so overwhelming. You had to confront it, but you, you were scared to death. Maybe some of you are facing a huge challenge right now in your life. What did you do before? Did you advance or did you retreat? So as we get into chapter seven of the story, the people of Israel are facing such an insurmountable obstacle. They are standing on the east side of the Jordan River and they are facing giants, literally giants, that occupied that land. That God was telling them to cross over the Jordan and conquer. And they were scared to death. Now over and over again, God's word <laughs> had led these people uh, for, well, it's for, been for centuries, but if you just remember, it was 40 years earlier in the story. It was just last week in chapter six. Uh, Moses was leading the people. They got to Kadesh Barnea, and they looked across to the, right on the doorstep of Canaan, the promised land. Moses sent 12 spies in to scout it out. They came back, and the majority of them, almost all of them, 10 of them, came back trembling in fear. They said, no way, we cannot do it. It was just two, actually, Joshua and Caleb, that, that gave a good report and said, no, no, God has said we can do this. We can, we can do this. Uh, but they, they didn't trust in God, and so for 40 years they wandered. And now, today, chapter 7, they're back at Kadesh Barnea. But now Joshua is the leader, and he sends scouts into the land, but this time, instead of sending 12, he sends two, which I think is hilarious because committees don't make courageous decisions. They make safe ones. And here is uh, Joshua uh, receiving the report from the spies. Yes, they are uh, many people. There's more people than there were 40 years ago. And those Jerichoites must have put risers in their shoes because they're taller than our parents said they were. They're giants of giants. But we can do this. If God is with us, we can do this. And so the first, I think, four paragraphs in this chapter, God is speaking into the life of Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous, Joshua. Now, how could the Israelites move forward, advance on this huge challenge? Giants, literally giants, the giant challenge. How could they possibly move forward? Well, God, more than just telling them, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, God actually gives them three ingredients, three Weapons, weapons of divine warfare. And I want you to take note today. 
whether you're writing it down or mentally. But I want you to remember these three weapons of divine warfare that God gives to his people Israel. And the first one is that the Israelites were going to be people of the word. Before anything ever starts, before the first shot is fired, before the first battle takes place, God reminds us, this is page 73 in your story Bible, it's Joshua 1.8, it says, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and what? You'll be successful. Be people of the word, Israel. Meditate on my words day and night, night and day, and then do it. Once you're familiar with God's will, what he wants you to do, then you do it, and then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, they learned right away how important and how powerful this weapon was because when they came to the city of Ai, that's how it's spelled, that's how you say it too, Ai, uh, that was the only city where Israel failed to conquer them. Israel was defeated in that battle. And later they found out it was because of Achan. Achan was one of the soldiers in the first city that they, they uh, did conquer. And he violated clear instructions from God who said, all of the spoil belongs to me, to the temple. But Achan took some of the spoil and hid it in his own tent. And so when they went up against Ai, Israelites were defeated. Well, they did some investigating. They found Achan. He was punished. And then they went and attacked Ai again, and they were victorious. And then afterwards, after this victory at Ai, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as is written in the book of the law. So to make sure they don't have another Achan situation, he gathers all the people together and says, remember God's word, and he reads it to them from beginning to end. With that weapon of God's word, they are very strong and, and very courageous. That's one of the secrets to their success. Another weapon is that they were to be people of prayer. God told Joshua, I'm going to go before you, and you will have the victory. But before you go into battle, check in with me. Pray. Uh, Talk to me and make sure that I am in on it. Because if I'm in on it, then I will go before you, you will have the victory, If I'm not, then sit still, (laughs) right? If I'm in on it, charge, right? If I'm not in on it, stay put. So important to be people of prayer. Uh, The third weapon of divine warfare that God gives to his children is that they are people identifying themselves with God. So before the first battle, right? They, they cross the river, Jordan, and the very first town they get to is called Gilgal. And in Gilgal, God 
tells Joshua that all of the men, young and old of all ages, are to be circumcised. They're to be marked uh, as belonging to God, fully identifying themselves with God. We belong to God. Now, this was the rule. This was the law in Moses for generations. But for the last 40 years, they've been wandering around in the desert, and they haven't been doing it. So God says, before you go into battle, make sure you are unashamedly identified as God's people. And so they did. They, they circumcised every male in the camp from young to old. And it says, uh, after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. What you wrote in your notes from the margin of my Bible said, ouch! <laughs> But this was very important. This was very important. Just as a bird has a tiny little bracelet on its leg, or a deer has a tag in its ear, or cattle wear the branding of its owner, so the people of Yahweh would be branded that they unashamedly belong to God, to Yahweh, the one true God. So important. So with these three divine weapons of spiritual warfare, they cross the Jordan. They go to Gilgal. That is the first city across the river. They go to Jericho. Fought the battle of Jericho. And the walls came tumbling down. I mean, without an amazing miracle, there's no way. They didn't have a chance and then they go into the southern campaign. And there's really five big kingdoms down there. And they all form an alliance to thwart the Israelites. But they don't stand a chance against Israel and their three weapons of divine warfare. They conquer them. And then they move north. And there's 14 kingdoms that form an alliance to fight against the Israelites and Israel wipes them out with the three weapons of divine warfare. So, the big question that I have for us today is why? Why did God give Israel the land of Canaan? There's a lot of, you know, uh, things we wonder about in life, but especially in this story, I know one of the common things I ask and people ask me is the bloodshed, the, the, the brutality of these battles, of this war, of this conquest. Why? Why would God do that? Why were the Amorites so punished by God? Well, I'm just going to tease you because uh, Pastor Jeremy covers that in his Bible study this week. So uh, Wednesday morning, uh, Wednesday morning on our YouTube channel, uh, he's going to dig in into that very profound question. But I've got a bigger, bigger answer to this question. What's the real reason why God gave them the land of Canaan? And that is because God was establishing his name in Canaan. Through the people of Israel, God was going to make his name known 
amongst all the people of the world. And as all of their neighbors interacted with them and saw how prosperous and successful they were, and they saw how God was involved in their lives, they would come to know the one true God, and they would learn that God loves them too. God wants them to be people of the word, people of prayer, strong and courageous, winning victories, being prosperous and successful. It is through the children of Israel that the relationship that the people, their neighbors are gonna make with them, that they're going to learn about God. Now what does this true uh, but ancient story have to do with our lives? Well, I think that God wants to make his name known in desert foothills. Do you? Do you? I do. I think God wants to make his name known in Scottsdale, in Cave Creek, in Carefree, in Rio Verde, in North Phoenix, in every nook and crevice of this community that people know the one true God and they know that he loves them. And he's going to do that through his church, through us. In our relationship with them, they see our interactions with God. They see the peace that we have. They see the prosperity and, and the success we have and all of these obstacles in life from health and finances to physical, whatever. But we live distinctively different lives as we approach all of these challenges and we have a, a peace that's just inexplicable to the world. A world that lives in complete and utter fear. This is one of the biggest things that I, I came to the realization of during 2020. The whole pandemic and all of that. People, so many people, were absolutely wigging out because they were afraid of death. They'd managed to live 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years and keep completely distracted from the reality that we are mortal. Worse than that, we're guilty of sinning, of, of offending God, of hurting him, his creation, our neighbors. And we know what we deserve and it's terrifying. But we have the peace that comes from knowing God's Savior Jesus Christ, the world's savior. And it's our gift and our privilege, and our responsibility to make him known so the peace of God may reign here on earth as it is in heaven. Now some of you, few of you know this already, but some of you are newer here. You need to hear this. The vision of this church becoming uh, the connection point for this community goes back long before I came here. Uh, 25 more uh, plus years ago, uh, my predecessor, Gene Beyer, the first pastor here, planted uh, this congregation, oversaw purchasing this land and everything else. And look what he, uh, look at this vision that he had. We found this. I didn't even know this. So 
Yeah, some of you know we're doing a, a big facility improvement campaign, new buildings, improvements. I thought this was all my idea. No, look at this. This is from the city of Scottsdale, 1996. The Desert Foothill, it's a, the approved master plan for this entire campus. There is a sanctuary church. There are, of course, offices. There's a preschool. There's an elementary school. There's a gymnasium, family life center. There's an amphitheater for public venues, concerts and things like our new worship facility is going to be over here. There's a baseball field, a soccer field. This was always the vision to be a place for the community of sharing God, making God known to our neighbors in desert foothills. Isn't that cool? Isn't this a big vision? It's a huge vision. And about seven years ago, at God's appointment, I arrived here as the sole pastor here uh, at Desert Foothills and this congregation. And I was charged, you know, the call committee, the leaders of the church at the time, uh, I was asked to help us identify God-inspired strategies of how. How do we take all the amazing things that are happening here on this campus and unleash it into the community? So that, again, in every corner, in every crevice of desert foothills, the name of God is known. I don't know what you think, but I think that's an awesome vision. I think it's a gigantic vision. I think it's overwhelming sometimes. But I want to tell you a secret. Just like with Israel, where God used his children to make his name known, you know what the best strategy for us is? It's you. You are the best strategy for how to take all of the wonderful things that happen in this room on Sunday morning, all of the wonderful things that happen in our sanctuary on Sundays, all of the wonderful things that happen in our preschool building throughout the week, all the wonderful things that are going to be happening in our new facilities out into the world, the worship of God, the love of God on Sunday morning, out there the other six days of the week, making God's name known. That means taking a risk for me and you. It's, it means taking a risk to walk across the street and talk to your neighbor. Take a risk to walk across the hall in your office, uh, talk to a coworker or a neighbor, and to reach out to them, to share the love that we have so abundantly here from God, from each other. What a wonderful family of faith we have here but to share that love beyond these walls. Now, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to be bold and courageous. Very courageous. And if we're going to be successful, we need the three weapons of divine warfare, don't we? Do you remember what they were? First one is we're going to be people of the word. So before... We start talking, you know, next spring, summer, we start building, breaking ground, getting all excited. It's going to be really fun. 
Before we start talking about strategies of how we're going to use our facilities and our new facilities to make God's name known here, to connect people to Jesus, before we do that, we need to be people of the word. That's why we're doing this right now. We are reading the word together from beginning to end. God's powerful word, God's wisdom that we can meditate on and then we can put into practice. And we do that, we will be. We'll be prosperous and successful. You know, it's not just uh, the grown-ups here, right? Uh, If you remember in chapter 7, or you're going to read it this week, uh, in chapter 7, after Ai, Joshua gathers the people to read the word of God to them again. Hey, guys, listen again. But remember who was there. It wasn't just the men, it wasn't just the women. It was the children too. The entire family. If we're going to be people of the word, there's no better time to start than when you're a kid. And we have wonderful kids' time and children's ministries. We have wonderful youth ministries. But we believe that the best equippers of our kids are their parents. And that's why it was non-negotiable for us to put a copy of the Story Bible in every preschooler and every child and every youth and every student's hand here at the church. And we encourage, we implore parents, sit down with your kids every week, once a week at least, and read a chapter in this Story Bible. We're going to be strong and courageous. We're going to be prosperous and successful. We're going to be people of the word because it's not enough for just Pastor Mark to be a man of the word. It's not enough for just Pastor Jeremy to be a man of the word. We are going to make God's name known in this community. We have to be an entire family of the word. Amen? Yeah. And then we're going to be people of prayer. I love that we are a praying church. I love the the prayers that I felt from the very beginning when I was uh, visiting in the call process, coming out here, much prayers, many prayers. And I want to thank uh, Craig Robinson, who led our prayer team during this capital campaign, the beginning of this year. Uh, one of the, it kind of culminated, the, really the big event was this prayer walk that we did all through the campus, all through our property stations. We'd stop and pray for all the ministries in each area. And I would love to do that again in the spring. Uh, such a powerful event. I want to thank Kim Manessi. If you don't know Kim, uh, she gathers all of the prayers uh, that, we, that we have in the whole, the whole family uh, here at Desert Foils and uh, puts them out to our prayer team uh, on a chain, kind of a, pr- a prayer chain. And we, we lift up every single week, we lift up your concerns, uh, your praises, uh, your needs for healing, your needs for peace in, in relationships, and our mission. And we lift it up to the Lord. And if God says, I'm in on it, we're going to go. And if God says, nope, I'm not in on it, well, I'm not going to go, but, (laughs) right? People of prayer, following God's will, talking to him, listening to him. The third thing, obviously, we're going to be people who are identified with God. And the Old Testament, it was for males, it was circumcision, we know that. Paul tells us in Colossians now, that's been replaced with baptism, Baptism is the mark. It is the sign that we are God's children and we are committed and devoted to Jesus Christ, our Lord, the world Savior. 
And more than just even an outward sign, God in baptism, he really does something. He adopts us. He forgives us. He gives us faith. He strengthens our faith. And we are undefeatable <laughs> with him. It says we, in uh, Romans 6, we talk about how in baptism we have been joined with Jesus Christ in his death and in his resurrection. So in other words, it's already happened to us. Uh, we've, our old Adam has already died. Our new Adam has already risen, which means that even today, we are living our eternal life. Like we, It's already begun. Our life is never gonna end now because we are in Christ. Baptism is a wonderful gift. Uh, I had some people after the first service, a couple even, uh, even an older gentleman said, I, I don't think I've ever been baptized, so we're gonna do that during the week. So if anybody is, still needs to be baptized or wants to talk about baptism, Pastor Jeremy and I, that's one of our favorite things, I gotta be honest. Actually, we kind of have a little competition, so come talk to me, so I'll have more <laughs> baptism. But we need to be, listen, if we're gonna be successful in making God's name known in Desert Foothills community, uh, we need to be unashamedly identified with God, the one true God. So, Israel was charged, God charged Israel to be strong and courageous to make his name known in Canaan. God is charging us to be strong and courageous to make his name known in desert foothills today. We're going to do that. We're going to be successful by being people of the word, by being people of prayer, people identifying ourselves with God and with him going before us, we will succeed. Listen, we are gonna do this. This vision that God placed on the hearts of our ancestors here, at least two generations ago, of being this dynamic church family, serving the community, making God's name known, connecting people to Jesus, all these activities and facilities with God going before us, we're gonna do it. It's been 26 years, but we're about to throw some gasoline on the fire and really get it rolling, okay? Now, the last thing that, that Joshua said, this is the very end of the book, it's the very end of Joshua's life. The battles have been won. The land has been conquered. The, the land now is resting from war. Israel is enjoying living in their own land, their own homes, their own livelihoods, their own dignity. And he gathers the people together and he says, you know, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, fine. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, what? Have you heard that verse before? Now, are you just saying that because you're reading it on the screen? Are you saying that for yourself? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now, if that's true, then as the walls of Jericho could not stand against Israelites, so the gates of hell cannot stand against this church. Let the battle begin. Amen. Let's pray. You can stand up and we'll pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, the generations rise and fall before you. 
Uh, we accept humbly the mission that you've planted on us, the, the passion, the vision that you've planted on our hearts. And Lord, we pray we continue to be strong and courageous in your name as you've commanded, that we are people of the word, that we are people of prayer who seek your will, and we are people who identify ourselves with you unashamedly in our community with our neighbors so that they do know you through us. Bless all of the people on the uh, campaign team from buildings and facilities to architects and builders and uh, all of the people uh, gathered here. Uh, We lift all of our efforts to you as an offering and we ask you to bless it and multiply it and uh, turn it into uh, action into expanding your kingdom here on earth. These things we ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.